Hello and welcome back to The Bandwagon. I'm your host, Stephen Kernan, and joining me in the studio, as always, Brent Dolan. How you doing, Brent? I'm doing good. Glad to be here. Good. So today, I wanted to start off by talking a little bit about Phoenix. Um, Phoenix has been playing exceptionally well all season. Um, just in terms of, like, the numbers, this is the highest win percentage they've had in well over a decade. Uh, I think, actually, maybe even going back to 04, um, until you get a win percentage at the at the same rate. And people this whole year have been just going throughout this season and at every turn, at every time that Phoenix has played well, they've been saying things like, well, they've been really bad for a decade, so we're just waiting for the, the bottom to fall out of this team. And so far it hasn't. And I, I just want to ask you, like, how are you feeling about Phoenix? You know, at what point, like, what else can they prove at this point? Um, and where do you see them as they are? So, I don't think there's much for them to prove regular season-wise. Uh, they've kind of just done what they need to do. If they hit the one seed, I think, like, personally for them, that would be an accolade, like, they could they could go happy, go home happy, like, having. And that could they... be the difference between facing, like, Dallas or Memphis. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, that, that could be helpful, too. But come playoff time, this team will face a lot of matchup uh, problems. And it depends on who they face. If they face Utah, for instance, I think, like, you know, like, matchup-wise, that's not the worst for them. Right. If they face the Lakers, where they have eight, have to guard AD, like, uh, that's just not going to last long. If they face Denver and they have to deal with Jokic, uh, Jokic is torching DeAndre Ayton. Yeah. So there's a lot of teams I think they're better than, but matchups are really going to dictate how far they go in the playoffs. Um, I think they beat Portland easily. I don't think they struggle with Dallas. I don't think they struggle with Memphis. Pretty much any team that, that lacks a strong center presence, I yeah. think. And I, I even think like, Utah in the playoffs, I don't think Gobert's too big of a problem for them. Uh yeah, I yeah, Gobert would definitely slow them down defensively. Like, there's a lot that they wouldn't be able to do in the pick and roll, especially because like if Chris Paul gets past whoever is covering him, um, even if he, I guess in this case it would be Conley, which would be a cool matchup actually. It, even if he got past Conley and Gobert was waiting for him at the rim, like there's a foot and a half um, difference there, pretty much in in terms of the height. So like. That makes things really, really challenging for Chris Paul. Um, so, so yeah, I do agree that that there can be some some challenges going in there. That said, like, do you think? What do you think the ceiling is? And like, if if they were the one seed right now and they played anywhere from Dallas, San Antonio, Golden State, somewhere in that range, um, who do you think would would win? Yeah, I mean, I think they beat every. Seed pretty handily. I I think they do have that kind of floor that is going to be hard to match. Um, I don't think they're going to beat themselves. And I mean, Chris Paul, Devin Booker, Bridges, even Aiton, they're all playing like well this season. And like there's their consistency is what's most impressive about the team is they're consistently playing well. Yeah. I think that come playoff time, some of the issues that might come up is they don't have a wing defender, really. And they don't really have someone who can defend the bigs. 
So while their guards, I think, could hold down Donnie Mitchell and like Conley a little bit, um, when you have to face Kawhi or LeBron, AD, Jokic, like those are all players that are going to torch you. And they don't really have a defender who can stop that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, in terms of the bigs, like, Aiton has improved pretty drastically on defense. Um, right now, his defensive rating is a 107, which is, I mean, pretty respectable considering he came from, like, a 113 his rookie year. Um, that said, like like you mentioned, the biggest thing that's going to give them trouble is, is the wing position, and that is definitely a struggle. Um, that said, like, first of all, if, if this team were in the East, what do you think the outlook is? As opposed to the West. I mean, if they're in the East, it gets a lot easier because there's three teams in the East that are good. So, yeah. I mean, uh, I still think they struggle with Giannis. I still think they struggle with the Nets. And, honestly, they still struggle with Philly because of Embiid. So, I think as far as actual contenders, like, in the East, they still struggle to beat those teams. Atlanta, Charlotte, Miami even, Boston, New York. Like, I don't think they struggle too much with those teams. Uh, Miami's... An interesting case because I really don't know where to put them right now. Right. Um, they are a big mystery, but even in the East, I don't think there's a lot of favorable matchups. And I think part of that's just because the league is shifting to this like wing heavy outlook, uh, where the best players in the league are wings right now. No, or they've been shifting that way for like you know almost a decade at this point, and so at this point whether it's, like, the best veteran players or, like, the best rookies. Um, well, I guess not not this year, but uh, the best young players, generally speaking, they tend to be wings right now. Um, and that's that does pose some problems for them. Um, I do think that they could struggle. That said, like, they have played some, some pretty incredible basketball this year. Um, Booker, Aiton, and Chris Paul all have player efficiency ratings right at, like, 20. Um, they're all net positives. Uh, they Booker especially has stepped up his efficiency, but they've all played really efficiently. And then even like role players, like, I mean, Jay Crowder, we were talking a little bit before the pod and I realized that Jay Crowder of all of his shot attempts this season, 75% of them have been three point attempts. And like, you can't get more efficient than that. Like he, he is honed in on like the most efficient shots in the game. And that said, like, I think that we, regardless of the playoff outcome, um, because I, I don't take them seriously as championship contenders at all, um, I do think they have some, some pretty high upside, uh, upset potential. Um, not in terms of, like, the seeding, because if they're the one seed, you can't upset anyone. But compared to, like, preseason expectations, like, a lot of people still don't think of the Suns as serious contenders. I don't for a championship, but I do think that, like, if your favorite team is matched up against Phoenix, you should be a little bit nervous. And, you know, for Suns fans, like, I think at this point, this is the first season in a decade since at least 09 to 10 that they have had, like, a winning record that was really respectable. And I've been very, very impressed. Um, I think for Suns fans... They have, like, the minimum expectation that they were going for, I think, last year was just to make the playoffs. And fans really rallied behind them in the bubble when they went 8-0, and they still missed out. But this year, like, I don't think the most diehard Suns fans saw this coming. 
and this season is a huge win. Like, I I think, honestly, that the Suns have had the best season in the NBA. Let me tell you, uh, I, I, I've, look, I've looked like I'm down on the Suns so far in this pod. Let me tell you some of the teams they could beat. Um, I could see them beating Utah. I could see them beating the Clippers. And actually, the Clippers matchup is interesting. I think I might pick the Suns in that matchup. Yeah. Um, Jay Crowder is a good defender. He has like a 106 and a half defensive rating this year. Mm-hmm. You can put him on Kawhi and put Bridges on George, and then I'm, I'm okay with those defensive matchups. Right. Um, so Clippers, I would probably pick them over the Clippers. Uh, I could see them beating Utah. I think those teams are both really interesting. Uh, Portland, I see them beating. Dallas, Memphis, San Antonio, Golden State, all those teams. Yeah, it's I just think, the contenders. I, I think, think Denver me. is interesting. I think they could be Denver. I wouldn't pick them. Yeah, no, I, they would not be my favorites, but, but I could I I see I could see, see them beating Denver. Yeah. There's one team in the West. There's only one team in the West they cannot beat, and it's Lakers because... Just you, because of Anthony Davis yeah, at that, and that point. And that's Anthony it. Davis and LeBron. And it's just that matchup is a nightmare for them. Yeah. Um, you have Jay Crowder, who you could put on Anthony Davis... Yeah, no, Maybe. <laughs> no. And, and if you, you got like up, Cam. I think Cam Johnson is who they would probably try first. And even and that's and not even going then, to be. Then like, who are you going to put on LeBron? Yeah. Uh, you can't put Bridges because he's normally better at like big guards, small forwards, uh, which is why you want to put him on uh, George in the Clippers matchup. Right. So there's well, just... and that's that's on the starting lineups. Yeah. Once you get Frank Kaminsky out there trying to chase down Anthony Davis, um, yeah, they're they're gonna have a lot of problems. Not even considering LeBron James. So like. But the thing is, they could dodge LeBron completely. Like this is, the interesting part about the Suns, I think, is there is definitely a scenario where they never face the Lakers, and then I think things get interesting for them. Uh, yeah. If the Lakers lose earlier, and they can dodge the Lakers on their way to the finals. I'm not saying they're the favorite to come out of the West, but they do have a realistic shot of making it to the finals, I think, right. if the matchups play for them. And that's that's what makes them interesting, is matchups are going to be key for them. Seeding is going to be key. Finding out, like, there's going to be a really interesting race, I think, near the end of the season where, like, everyone's trying to decide who to play because home court advantage isn't really a thing. Right. And so I think if you're Phoenix, like... This isn't a lost cause for the finals. No, and not I at think, all. I think there's definitely a lot of good contenders they could beat. Um, I think if they can dodge the Lakers, they have a great chance. And, you know, if no matter who you are in the West, you don't want to face them. No, I agree. And and honestly, if there's a shot that you make the, uh, the finals, at that point, like once you're in the finals, there are very few times where, like, you have zero chance of winning. Like, it, it was like, when you're going up against dynastic teams, that's the case. And, and there's no one in the East, or in the West right now, for that matter, that I would consider, like, a dynastically talented team. And so I, I think that Phoenix, you know, like you mentioned, that's a great point. Like, more than any other team, maybe, in the league, the matchups will determine their, their shot at the playoffs. Um, that said, like, and this is not to be reductive here, like, you know, because a lot of the times for fans, like, it feels like a cheap shot almost when someone's like, oh, this is already a win. But, like, this is a huge win because you've got, like, years with Booker and Aiden. 
And Chris Paul is not, I mean, he's like, you know, once a generation type of point guard, but like, if you can come even close to him, like the, the growth that we've seen from Aiton, uh, from Cam Johnson this year, uh, the McCall Bridges has been, very McCall good Bridges also. has been really, really good. Um, you know, just like an elite scorer. And like, if that continues, this team's going to be really fun for a long time. Um, and, and this is just the start. Like, how often do you see a team start off their, you know, rise by potentially making, um, you know, late playoff rounds? I mean, yeah, they ended the bubble with an 8-0 run, and <laughs> now they're the two seed. Um, yeah. That's a really big shift from the from missing really the playoffs. bad, and I mean really bad Suns franchise that has been known throughout the league for the past, like, five, ten years. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, a couple years ago, there was a goat pooping in their office. So, I mean, <laughs> yep. this is this is a big upswing, and I'm I'm really excited to see what they can do with the playoffs. Um, they're they're good. Yeah. They are a good team, and I don't want to. I don't want people to think we're dismissing them. I'm not. No, and not I think at all. The West is so weird right now, and I think the whole league is so like weird. It's anyone's game yeah. right now. Anyone well, and, can come out of that conference. And, the nice part about the Suns here, like if you're the Suns, a lot of sometimes like by saying that the you know the league is weird right now, which it obviously is. We've had two shortened seasons in a row, plagued with injury, especially this season, and a lot of change coming into the season as well, like on a team base, like team by team basis. But given the fact that like last, I think it was last pod, maybe it was the pod before that, um, when we were talking about Utah. And the fact that they were the only team in the league to be in the top five on offensive and defensive rating. Um, actually, at that point, it was top ten. Right now, Phoenix is uh, sixth in the league in defense and fifth in the league in offense. Um, so, like, even if they were to move forward, like, really far in the playoffs this year, it's not a fluke. And that's, like, the really cool part as a uh, as a fan base. Like, I don't think... At this point, it's hard to ignore their results and think that it's just some sort of fluke. Um, but I, I want to move on and talk about another team who you mentioned like regular season success a while ago, and like the Nuggets have really, really played well this year. Um, we'll talk a little bit about their their playoff chances, but like, where do you see the Nuggets? Because in the past, including last year, like they're just they have been an incredible regular season team for like three years now. They've led the West twice, I believe, and just, you know, fizzled out in the playoffs because they didn't have enough weapons or they didn't have the right matchups or, or whatever the case may be. Um, where do you see them this year? Because they they have also been very hard to ignore. So to begin the season, we had a season preview. I said that the Nuggets were, were probably going to finish around 8 or 7. Jokic then decided to play out of his mind and lead an insane MVP run. Even then, I wasn't too high on the Nuggets. Adding Aaron Gordon makes their defense better, makes their offense run more smoothly, and you don't have to worry about him being incons inconsistent because Jokic hand-feeds him everything. Um, they're really good. Yeah. And even if Aaron Gordon isn't a top 10, top 20 player, his impact is insane for them. 
uh, the things he brings to that team, how he's helping them diversify, uh, is is huge for them. And they haven't lost since getting him. Uh, eight wins in a row. Jokic makes everyone so good that it's hard to it's hard to be bad around him. Yeah, like it's really hard, and I think that this team can make a lot of noise in the playoffs, and it's because of him. Like, completely because of him. I, I'm i not sure there's another player in the league other than LeBron that could, like, make this team better. Yeah. I, I mean, I think... You mean by being added into it or, like, replacing Jokic? Replacing Jokic. Yeah. No, I agree. A hundred percent. It would be... Especially positionally. Um, because, like, the... The players that you'd be looking to would be players like like Chris Paul, for instance, um, who's done it in Phoenix this year. But Chris Paul wouldn't be able to do this for Denver because if Denver didn't have Jokic, then like <laughs> if they just had Chris Paul and Jamal Murray and they didn't have Jokic, like that team would be pretty bad um, overall. Like they would probably eke into the playoffs. I agree with you. I I don't think there's any player outside of LeBron James. Um, that could that could make them as good as they are right now. Um, it's it'd be impossible to find. And you know, to back up your point, Jokic this season, like I, I was talking about his win shares and like how he was three win shares above um, the next closest player, while their team was at the five seed. So like with you know five less wins, he was three full win shares ahead, um, which is just absolutely absurd. Right now. Jokic is tracking at the 11th highest all-time win shares per 48. The only current players to be on that list in the top 20, um, I believe Chris Paul did it once, uh, Kevin Durant, LeBron James, Steph Curry, and Giannis in his MVP season. Those are the only players in the top 20 on win shares per 48. And Jokic is right there. He is like one one hundredth of a win share per 48 away from LeBron James. It's incredible to see. Like, he has been so freaking good. And and I want to know, like, for you, like, do you think that they've made the turn? You know, Aaron Gordon has been a really big pickup, especially because his usage rate has dropped by, like, 7% since he started playing for Denver. Because he doesn't need to hold the ball. Like, he doesn't need to do anything. Um, he went from, like... Tw- he had a 24% usage rate. Like, he's not a player that should have a 24% usage rate. But now that he's on Denver, he's got like a 17% usage rate. He gets easy shots at the bucket. His efficiency has gone up across the board. And Denver hasn't lost a game since. So they've looked really incredible. Have they made the turn for you into thinking that they are for real? Yeah, I mean, they're, they're chip contenders now for me. Okay. Uh, they are probably. I want to. I want to say they're probably a top three team in the West to win. To win, like out of the West, I think the Lakers are in that tier, and I think. And I think the Nuggets are in that tier, and I think that's the only two. I think I have them in that Lakers tier right now. Um, they're really good. Uh, Aaron Gordon adds the defensive help that they needed desperately 
Will Barton has stepped up, MPJ has stepped up, Jamal Murray has stopped shooting streaky and is now looking good again. Um, and then Jokic is playing the best season of his life. I mean, it's hard to ignore this team when that like they have so many things going right for them. Don't right forget now. Michael Porter, who's top 10 in the league right now in three-point percentage. Yeah, I mean, there's. it's hard to ignore them when they're playing this well yeah. and they're doing this good. I don't really know uh, who's going to beat them other than maybe the Lakers in the West. I take them over Utah. I take them over Phoenix. We talked about that earlier. The Clippers, I take them over the Clippers. Um, Portland, I take them over. Dallas. I take them over the Clippers, honestly, in a heartbeat. Like, yeah. I, I think that the only challenge for them is a f fully staffed Lakers. Like, if the Lakers go... If the Lakers go in and Anthony Davis is at 80%, I think that I, I could give the edge to Denver. That's how good that they've been. Yeah, and then if you look at the other conference, like, I take them over Philly. I take them over Milwaukee. Brooklyn, that's that's a series. Yeah. Brooklyn, Denver, that's a series. Lakers, Denver, that's a series. So when you break it down, and I going into the pod, maybe I wouldn't have said this, I have them as the third most serious title contender in the, in the league right now. Yeah, I I think that's pretty reasonable, honestly. Like, and that's that's not something you normally say about the team who's the four seed and who was hovering around seven and six for most of the season. No. Yeah, they started off the season really cold. Like they, the first basically 20 games for them were just like a wash. They were, I think they were at 500 after 20 games. Um, despite the fact that Jokic was already carrying them at that point. And so at this point, like, Jokic isn't even carrying them anymore. To me, they feel a lot like the the Cavs when they had Kyrie and LeBron and they won. Like they they're just so well balanced and they're just like so potent on offense. And adding Aaron Gordon just it it cured up like the one weakness that they really had where like at this point, I don't think Anthony Davis has a very easy time. Um yeah, I mean it's not it's not a cakewalk for him, uh, mm. and that's I mean. And Aaron Gordon's just a really solid. He's not a great defender by any means. No, but he's strong and he's athletic, and yeah. he will he won't let you just back him down. No, and that's important. Uh, if the Lakers get the AD they had last season, I think that'd get a little ugly for Aaron Gordon because he's not yeah. he's not skilled enough as a defender. I think to stop that. Yeah, but, but I, mean, I think I think doubles with like if you bring Jokic over on him, like I think that that would definitely bug him. Yeah, and uh, then it comes down to what AD can do, uh, like passing out of passing. the post. Yeah, and he's not always been great at that, so uh, yeah, that could be a problem for him. But two teams I take over Denver right now in the league. They're the fourth seed, and. That's that's not common. That's not that's no. Not something you I see feel about. really bad for the five seed. I'll tell you that right now. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I I feel really bad for the five seed. It what it's currently the Lakers. It won't be because they're getting LeBron and AD back soon. But I mean, if you're Portland and it'll probably end up being them that hits the five seed, that's a sweep. I mean, do you see Portland getting a single game on Denver? I don't. No. Uh, do you do you see Utah really like? doing much now I okay think that's interesting. utah utah's an interesting matchup and I, and that's kind of what i wanted to to mention because you you brought up like all the teams that they would you think that they could kind of breeze past and like 
it depends on the version of Utah that they get, really. I, I think that Utah has the same type of... Well, that's not really true. They don't have the same style of offense. But in terms of, like, the reason that they're so good, they have the same makeup in terms of the fact that they're led by, you know, one or two of the best players, but every other player on the team contributes pretty much evenly across the board. Um, I would have called it a seven-game series um, with Utah coming out ahead before the Aaron Gordon trade. At this point, I think it's a gentleman's sweep in Denver's favor. Really? I, I probably have that going six for Denver, but I mean... It's it's crazy how good Jokic has been. Uh, I don't think we've talked about it enough on the pod, or anyone else for that matter. He is playing out of his mind. He's having an all-time season. And there's nothing anyone can really do to stop him. Like, no one's slowing him down. Mm -mm. At all. He's He's so good. And there's nothing anyone else in the league can do other than, like, try and stop everyone else and if you get the Jokic this year that you got last year good luck right like if you like if Jamal Murray if you get his play that he had in the bubble and he he does that again in the playoffs like what are you going to do to stop that because last year Jokic wasn't playing super great in the bubble he wasn't he was he struggled a lot and Jamal Murray still had that still had them like to the Western Conference Finals now let's say you add this version of Jokic to that team, like it's it's crazy. And he's twenty six. He's twenty six years old. Like Yeah. This dude is gonna be Not only is he twenty six, but his game like does not require him to be young. Like it, it's not like I mean LeBron James is incredible because he defied the odds, but like, you know, Carmelo Anthony lost his athleticism, you know Russell Westbrook. Uh, Russell Westbrook especially, like, fell off a cliff. Jokic is like nothing he does is athletic already. So, like, if he's not athletic at 33, like, who cares? He's going to be playing the exact same game. Um, he, he's he got, like, similar to, like, how Dirk just aged gracefully and was just playing well all the way into his late career. Like, Jokic isn't falling off anytime soon. And, and like, if Denver plays their cards right, first of all, last year, the only player that they had last year that they don't have this year was Jeremy Grant. And Aaron Gordon is a replacement level for that. Yeah. Aaron Aaron Gordon replaced that. But they also have MPJ now, who's been playing out of his mind and is averaging 17 points a game for them on, like, top 10 in the league efficiency. Um, they just have so many, so many options because anyone can cut around Jokic and he will find them. Anyone, the second they're open. No matter what they do, <laughs> Jokic is going to find them. Yeah. It's it's absolutely insane. And the league has gone in a direction where the center position is almost useless. And then now here comes Jokic. And no one has a center anymore. And he's defying everything. And there's not really any teams that have someone that can match up against that. I think AD is an interesting matchup on him. Because AD is the best defender in the league probably and he's just like can defend one through five but the rest of the league maybe bam maybe bam's a good matchup but yeah. like other than that like you're talking about two of the best defenders in the league you have to put on him i mean there's not many players that can stop that and 
there's not many teams I think that could stop this Knights uh, team. And I well, and it's it's different also trying to stop someone. It's different trying to stop Embiid than it is trying to stop Jokic because like you can double Embiid and he will like power through you in, in a way that's similar to Shaq. Like he'll beat you through like power, but Jokic, like you double Jokic, that is the dumbest thing you can possibly do. Yeah. Because like he's going to find a shooter. He's going to find a cutter every single time. And you know, even if you put Anthony Davis on him, like Anthony Davis can lock him down one on one. Um as soon as he gets an edge and like someone tries to double, Anthony Davis isn't doing any good because all of a sudden you've got someone wide open for a layup. So like I think he's he poses such a matchup problem. Um that in in a way that like you mentioned earlier, the only other player that, that poses that type of matchup problem is LeBron James. Yeah, because it's it's just that that playmaking is, is so elite, and he's still scoring himself. Yeah, it's he's he's really good, and it's and if you replaced him with Embiid, um, I don't take the Nuggets that seriously. No, and and it's not because Embiid's bad. It's just no. because like Jokic is so is so like he raises your ceiling significantly. I think. Yeah, and I, that's, I agree. that's important. I agree, and Embiid does too, to an extent. But like the just the the ways that they do it is so different. That like, Jokic is much more transferable than than Embiid. Yeah, and so, so I, I think the Nuggets, this Nuggets team is. So is he your MVP then? Yeah, he's my MVP. Cool. Uh, I don't think it's that close. Yeah. Uh, maybe, the only player that was close was Embiid. Yeah, I think Embiid was close. I think LeBron could have made a case, but then like he's out and like no. that's just, that was the only other two people I would take seriously. So yeah, it's it's Jokic's MVP now. Yeah. Uh, if only I had bet this year. Yeah. Remember last year when I put money on Embiid or I'm on I put money on Jokic last year as MVP. I was always about a year late. Last year you said yeah. that's were going to be good, and then yep. you know now this year so. Yep. Uh, uh, a little delayed. A little delayed. Always. I, I think I just, I'm I'm just I'm so I'm so high on this Nuggets team. Same. Uh, which is a big shift from how low I was on them earlier in the season. But they're so good. I think they're gonna be the team that I root for in the in the playoffs outside of the Lakers, of course. Yeah, I mean, I I just I don't see many teams that can beat them other than like the Lakers, who are. Currently, the defending champions, yeah, and have two top seven players in the league, and oh right, the Nets who have Harden, Kyrie, and KD. Like, it's it's so weird to put the Nuggets in the same tier as those teams when they're just doing it with Jokic and Jamal Murray and like this cast of misfits. Like, it's it's crazy, it's absolutely insane, and it's because Jokic makes other players that good. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I think you mentioned the <laughs> you mentioned the Nets a second ago, and you're right. I was I was um, you know one year too early on them as well. What do you make of the Nets this year? I mean, obviously, they're they might be the biggest threat on the court at any time, um, in terms of their their offensive efficiency, in terms of like the ways that they can score, the ways that they can make you look stupid, um, and they have barely been playing it at like full power basically um this entire season because of just like resting kd um harden sat for a little while Kyrie sat for a little while 
Um, COVID protocols especially <laughs> have made things difficult for them. Um, yeah, what, where do you where do you see them? Because obviously, you know, they made a couple of moves as well. Um, how do you think that that affects the Nuggets? Or not the Nuggets, sorry. We just finished that. The Nets. It's... Blake Griffin alone isn't making that big of an impact. Marcus Aldridge alone isn't making that big of an impact. Those two together, that's that's a decent impact. Um, Kyrie playing the best year of his best of his career. I don't think he's had a better year ever. Um, that's a really big impact. James Harden becoming uh, the best version of himself. Also, a really big impact. And you're also adding in Kevin Durant. This Nets team is really good. No. They're really, really, really good. Come playoff time, it'll be really interesting to see what they do because when the game slows down and defense becomes more important, like, what what happens there? And I don't know. And it's really hard to... I'll tell you what happens there, man. They don't slow down a, a second. Well, James Harden is, is the most efficient half-court offensive player um, maybe of all time. Yeah, I mean... Outside of, like, maybe Michael Jordan. I don't think they slow down. Uh, what they do on defense is kind of, I think, is what is important there. Well, that's the that's the thing, though. Like, if so, in terms of the Nets, the fact that they're so bad on defense means that, like, the more possessions that you can get against them, the more chances you have to score, the more likely you are to get easy buckets, and you can potentially keep up with them. When it slows down, it becomes you have a lot fewer chances. And so if you screw up, it makes a much bigger impact on, on how the game goes. And the Nets are not going to screw up in the half court. Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest problem with them comes to Blake Griffin and Marcus Aldridge will probably be like pretty useless come playoff time. Right. Uh, can Joe Harris keep dominating the way he is because he is one of their most important pieces right now. He's huge for them. Does James Harden continue dominating come playoff time? Because once again, we haven't really we haven't seen him do that great, elite, super great play in the playoffs. I think his play style this year is positioned for that, but that's still a question mark. Biggest question for them is can they stay healthy? Because when's the last time we've seen them healthy? Yeah. I I I cannot recall a time when all three have been on the court. Like, in so long. it's It's been so long. And then, I think the biggest problem with them is there seems to be, like, no, no ongoing chemistry for them because they're not ever together. Yeah. Uh, we haven't seen them get those big wins together that, like, make great teams into, like, title teams. Like, a lot of... There's, like, defining wins throughout a season where you're, like... That was one of the wins that like kind of marked what type of team this is. They don't have any of those because if they lose a big game, then it's always like, well, we didn't have blah, blah, blah on the team. And if they win those games, then like a lot of the times the other teams are injured. We don't get to see those like great matchups because no one's ever healthy this season. Yeah. And so it's really hard because we, I still don't know what type of team this is. And they are good, and they're really good. But I still can't point to a single game where I'm like, that was an impressive win. That was a win that changed my mind about them. Like, 
there's just there's none of those games right now. Like last night, they lost to the shorthanded Lakers, and they had KD and Kyrie. Yeah. Um. Well, they had KD and Kyrie for a while, but K- or Kyrie got ejected. Yeah. Like halfway through. Well, yeah, but like even then they were losing at that point, mm-hmm. and they were losing the whole game. That's that's not what you want to see if they're them. And there's just there's losses like that sometimes. And I'm waiting for like this big win where I'm like they really they really did it. Like they beat a really good team. They lost to the Jazz. Yeah. Um. They beat Phoenix by four. Two months ago, like. Mm-hmm. There's just there's none of those big games that I, I'm waiting to see. So it's really hard for me to. It's easy right now to say this team is really good. They're just going to sweep through the East. Come playoff time, there's still two other teams that are really good in the East. The Bucks and the Sixers are still good teams. But I can't just like ignore them and act like they're not good because they are. And the Bucks are getting ignored because A, it's in Milwaukee. B, Giannis already signed a contract, so no one cares about him anymore. And he's not getting a third MVP in a row because the voters won't uh, let him. The voters yeah. won't let him, even no, though, I, even if he is having a really good season. Yeah, I mean, and his season's been fine as well. But uh, in this particular case, I actually, th- <laughs> I don't think he would have gotten it anyway. I, I, not over Jokic. I think yeah. he would have. He would have gotten second place, but he yeah. won't this year, because um, he's doing just as good as he did last year in his historic year. Yep. Um, he's still really good. Last year and the year before. <laughs> yeah, he's doing just as good. He hasn't dropped off for anyone wondering. So I mean. I really want to see them get a good win, and we won't be able to do that until the playoffs come, because they're constantly just going to be rotating players being out, and then, who knows, come playoff time, will they even have full strength ever? Yeah. That is the biggest thing. I I think that, like, for the Lakers and Nets, it comes down to, like, health, basically. Yeah, but even with Um, the Lakers, I think they stay healthy. The Lakers have had more consistency, and I will give you that. Uh, First of all, no one on the Lakers is coming off of an injury nearly as serious as Kevin Durant's. Um, Second, like, even outside of actual injury, like, COVID protocols has stopped the Nets from playing together, and the Nets have only been together for this this year, and so even if the Lakers are shorthanded for a couple games in the playoffs, like, they still have the chemistry carried over for last year. But I do think that, like, those two teams, the only thing that would stop them from making the finals is health, essentially. Um, The Nuggets that we mentioned before, like, there are zero health concerns there. It's just a matter of, like, you know, how well can they pull this off um, and and what are their matchups. But, like... Health is the biggest concern by far for the Nets. And selfishly, I really want to see them in the finals. Um, because, I, I don't know. I just think that, like, this would be a really formidable opponent for anyone in the West. And this team is so unique and fun in terms of, like, their offense, in terms of, like, their ceiling, and how... Imagine, like... The, if all three of them were perfectly healthy playing in the finals, that would be incredible. Like that would be absolutely ridiculous basketball. And um, yeah, I'm I'm really hoping the best for them. Um, you know, all your points in consideration. I I really think it's just health for them. Yeah, um, I mean, it's so hard because I think in their mind, talent will win out no matter what, and that's just not always the case. Well, yeah, if it's not on the court. Yeah, and even even if it, even if they get like 
they by the finals, everyone's on the court. Like, if they're facing the Lakers, who have done it before, who have had so many wins together as a team to mark, like, this is what the team's about, talent doesn't always matter in those cases. No, it and, doesn't. And, it... like, sometimes you need that, like, that group, like, we did it. Like, we won those games. We've been here before. Uh, that's how leads get blown. That's why the Clippers lost last year, because they didn't have those wins. And then when it came push to shove, like... They weren't that good. Kyrie's missing tonight for personal reasons. He's just not going to play tonight. Yeah, like, Harden's just, out for a hamstring injury for the next 10 days. These are just random things that take them out, and we never get explanations. No. Um, it's it's concerning. It's really concerning. And it could, and I think it will affect them come playoff time if they don't, if they don't start getting their act together. Because no matter how good they are, and they are really good, really good, that might not matter if they can't get no. it together. Well, yeah, uh, I think even if they do get it together, nothing's guaranteed with them because um, <laughs> there are two other really talented teams in the game. Uh, so, like, if they're going up against the Lakers, not only do they need their full health and they need to try their hardest, it's still possible that they would lose. Same thing with the Nuggets. And, um, yeah, that's what makes them really exciting because I think that they're at their best – it's a seven-game series in the finals um, against some of the best talent that the NBA has seen in a decade. And, um, yeah, I, I selfishly, as a basketball fan, I, I think as basketball fans in general, um, especially if your own team is not, uh, or if you don't have a team that you root for, I think this is the matchup that you should be rooting for, um, is Brooklyn coming out of the East. Because... It, it could honestly give us some of the best basketball we've seen in, in a little while. Um, but yeah, well, we'll call it there. Um, thank you, everyone, for listening. If you enjoyed the show, make sure you check out uh, our articles uh, in our website. We've got a take tracker, and we also write some articles on there. It's bandwagonmba.com. You can also find the podcast there as well. Um, if you need to find the podcast, make sure that you subscribe so that you can listen whenever there's a new episode. And if you have any questions, make sure you send them into mailbag at bandwagonmba.com. Thanks for listening. See ya.